Hey, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Project Described podcast. To all the all the couples out there, happy Valentine's Day. And to the singles, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, yeah, actually, today, that's exactly what I wanted to look at is, you know, in, in my community, a lot of times being single is kind of looked down upon. And so I wanted to take some time today in this episode to hopefully get us rethinking about our singleness, uh, that singleness isn't the worst thing in the world, um, that it actually, I would argue, is a blessing uh, and a gift that God has given us. And so hopefully we can rethink of it, uh, rethink of our singleness in this way uh, so that we really take advantage of this time that God has blessed us with, uh, that God has gifted us with. Uh, and so... Yeah, I hope it blesses you guys. I hope it encourages you guys. And uh, happy Singles Awareness Day. Now, before the married people <laughs> come for me, and before the, you know, the singles who really have a strong desire to get married come for me, talking about, you know, why are you ragging on marriage? That's not what I'm doing. I'm not here to rag on marriage. Marriage, in all seriousness, marriage is a a beautiful, a beautiful thing. You know, God really has blessed us with, these different forms of relationship and these different forms of love where in them we get to see in part, you know, just, just how much um, God God loves us. So, you know, the love that exists between a father and a child, between a mother and a child, the love that exists between, you know, siblings, the love that exists between, you know, really close friends, in them we get to experience these different aspects or different views, I guess, if you want to say that, of, of God's love for us. Uh, but in marriage, there is a, a special love that's there. There's a, a special kind of intimacy that just doesn't obviously exist uh, in these other forms of relationship. And of course, in that relationship, we get to see another side or another aspect of this love that God has for us. And so, uh, biblically speaking, uh, in practice, Marriage is a absolutely wonderful blessing. Uh, it is a God-given blessing, right? This is a gift that God has given us. And so so I'm not here to argue that, you know, don't get married and marriage is the worst. And that. No, I'm not here to argue that marriage is a gift. But what I am here to say uh, is that singleness is also a gift. That in, in at least in my community, and I know many of you listening uh, know exactly what I'm talking about, s- being single is pretty much the worst thing, right? It, it's it's pretty much the worst thing. You know, we hear that from our parents. We hear that from uh, even from some married people. Like, what are you doing? Hurry up. You need to get out of this season. You know, it's the worst thing ever. Uh, like, I was, I was lost and I was a terrible person. I was this, that, and the other until I got married. And that, you know, marriage is going to be this thing that's going to save you. So I'm, yeah, I'm here to say that, yeah, no, singleness is not the worst thing, the worst thing ever. All right. Uh, it is a gift that God has given us. Um, when I got saved, uh, when I got saved when I was 24, uh, uh, almost 25, basically 25. I was just a few months away from my from my birthday. And it's at that age, again, most of you guys listening know exactly exactly what I mean. It was at that age where, you know, your parents are asking you, your friends are asking you, uh, all the people at church, you know, are asking you, uh, oh, if you, especially if you go to a wedding, uh, you know, and people you haven't seen or people, yeah, it doesn't matter. People you have seen or people you haven't seen in a while. Oh, it's great to see you. What's going on? When are we coming to yours? Right. Or when, when is your wedding? Uh, when's that happening? What's going on? 
And I remember when I first got saved, I there was this sense of satisfaction and contentment that I just can't describe. Now, I, to, to be honest, a little bit about me, I never really had this huge, overwhelming desire to get married even before I was saved. Um, I've never closed the door on it or anything like that, but I never just had this, like, I, you know, this super strong desire to get married. Once I got saved, I feel like that, that feeling or, or that, or lack thereof, I should say, just was only even more cemented in that, man, I really don't have this huge, strong, overwhelming desire to get married. I felt so content in this new love that I had just found, you know, in Christ, um, Prior to coming to Christ, there was this big void in my life, and I didn't know what was going to satisfy it. I didn't know what was going to, you know, make me feel whole or complete or anything like that. But once I came to know Christ, it was that that void was instantly gone. Uh, there was, a, you know, were all my problems gone? No, but this void of, I don't, I, I really wish I could put it into words, but there was this huge void that nothing in this world could satisfy. And the moment I come into this relationship with God, like that's that's it. It's it was it was filled. So here I am like in this, I am content, I'm so satisfied, and now I'm super passionate about, God, I want to know you more. Who is this God that could love me so much, that could satisfy me like this? I got to know you more. And so as I'm coming to church more and more and more and, and, and uh, you know, into Bible study and I'm learning how to read the word and I'm hearing the word and in all these things, um, I'm just becoming more and more content, I guess, or just more and more satisfied in God and just wanting to know him more and not wanting anybody else. And, and so, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, church moms and, and, you know, pastors and so on and so forth, they would always ask me, okay, when's it your turn? When are you going to get married? And this, that, and the other. And I began to notice that it would, at least for some people, it would really bother them when I would say, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I ever will get married. I'm really content right now. I'm really satisfied right now. I don't have this overwhelming desire to get married. And, and it's just, it's just me and God right now. And if it's, if it's just me and him to, you know, till I die, cool, it's me and him. And for some people that really, it really, really bothered them. Um, yeah, I remember actually one, one of the mothers, uh, saying, you know, she knew, she kind of knew my testimony a little bit and she knew that I had just gotten saved, uh, you know, not too long prior to our conversation. And she's like, you know, when I, when I told her that, and I, and I used to kind of push it too. I used to joke around saying like, oh no, you can, y'all can call me Paul. Uh, there ain't no way I'm getting married. God already told me I'm not getting married, which he didn't. Yeah, I would say that jokingly, but um, I'd say, yeah, you know, God has given me this gift. He's given me the vision. He's, you know, he's already called me to, uh, uh, you know, to singleness for the rest of my life. And I'll, no, it's just me and God, ride or die. That's it. This, <laughs> this mother uh, she said something along the lines of, I, I know what you're experiencing. Like, I know what you're feeling. I remember when I first got saved too. Uh, and you're kind of in this, and I'm paraphrasing uh, what she said, but, um, she was like, you're kind of in this honeymoon stage. Just give it some time. It'll wear off. Like you'll still be in love with God and you're still going to want to know him and want to grow in your relationship with him. Yeah, that'll still be there. But this honeymoon phase that you're in, that's going to that's gonna kind of wear, wear off. And when it does, yeah, you know, it, you'll, 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 you'll desire marriage. And so my advice to you, and she was kind of advising, she was like, just don't, you know, shut yourself off to it. Just, you know, look around, you know, because that day is going to come. 
I was like, oh, okay, okay, sure. Like, I hear you. You know, that's, you know, to be fair, okay, fine. You know, maybe, maybe that is the case. I don't know yet. You know, maybe this honeymoon phase, whatever, will, will wear off, which it hasn't. Thank God. Praise God for that. Um, and, and, and again, yeah, maybe I should, maybe I should be on the lookout and just in case, you know, just keep my eyes open. Fine. But if I don't get married, that's okay too. You know, and I remember kind of pushing that a little bit because at first I was joking, but I could tell that, you know, she really wasn't at all. And so when I kind of pushed the envelope a little bit, uh, she's like, no, 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 no. You don't want that. You're not called for that. No, none of you guys are called for that. You guys don't need, you don't need that. And you need to be married. And again, there was this idea of like, yeah, like remaining single is, is, is horrible. And I remember hearing that and just kind of just thinking to myself later on, why, why is it such a big deal? Like, why is it so, like, I, I get marriage is the blessed, or marriage is a blessing that it's not, yeah, it, it's, it's, of course, it's something to be desired. Uh, that's, that's all well and good. And for those who are married, like, man, that's, that, that is an amazing thing. But why is uh, singleness kind of looked down, uh, looked down upon that way? Like, you know, why, why was she so, I guess, I don't know what the word is, you know, not, yeah, I guess not, not upset, but yeah, she just maybe even disgusted. I don't know that that word might be a little too strong, but either way, they were she, like, she just felt some type of way about it. And so I was, it just kind of just took me off guard is like, I just wasn't prepared for that, or I just wasn't expecting that. And so I just kind of left the conversation there. But as I got a little bit older, I started hearing a lot of the exact same things uh, across the board. Some of the ways that I've heard people describe singleness is like, and this is not even from the parents who are already married. These are from other singles as well, uh, you know, around my age, uh, that marriage is, or excuse me, that uh, singleness is this, right? It is this wilderness that we're in, that we are just waiting for the good shepherd to come and, and you know, deliver us out, right? That singleness is this valley of shadow of death, and we need the good shepherd to kind of lead us out, you know, to, to green pastures and quiet waters, you know, to, to marriage to the land of marriage, or, or singleness is like the modern day Egypt. When the Israelites were, were in Egypt uh, prior to Moses coming, right, they were in slavery, they were in bondage, they were in this oppressive uh, position, this oppressive state. And singleness is exactly that, this modern day Egypt where we are just being oppressed and we are waiting for our deliverer, <laughs> we are waiting for our, our Moses uh, to come and lead us to the promised land of, of marriage. Right. <laughs> I've, I've, I've also heard uh, singleness be be called the curse. Like straight up, it, it is a curse to be single. <laughs> I, I remember that one. That one got me. I'm like, how? Like, you really just said a curse. I mean, that's that's not too much. No, uh, that I you know, this is a curse that I'm under that I need deliverance from that. I need like, you know, uh prayer and fasting that oh god like deliver me from this curse that i am living under like and so yeah singleness has really gotten this bad rap i think in the church um at least within the abishah community that if you are single past the age of like 24 25 26 it is just the worst thing for you and some of the thing again you know some of the things that i've gotten is just you know, why would you ever choose such a curse for yourself? You know, if marriage is such a blessing, why would you choose such a curse for yourself? And that's just not what the Bible teaches us about, about singleness. 
And I think when we have such a negative view of uh, our singleness, yeah, we, we live in such a way that, yeah, I'm being cursed right now. I'm being punished by God right now. You know, and until that day comes, you know, when someone proposes uh, or, or when you finally propose to someone and that person accepts and, and you finally get married, you finally tie the knot, you're living in this wilderness, in this, you know, under this curse. And that really isn't, isn't the case. And it's, I think it's, yeah, it really is sad uh, that we would spend so much of our time thinking that way. Uh, and I believe that when we do, we actually waste a lot of, a lot of time. The way that I see singleness and the way that I believe that the Bible teaches us about singleness or any season that we're in, that it's, it is a gift. Whether we are single, whether we are married, we are living in a gift. We are living under, under a blessing. As singles, we have the opportunity to really devote our time to knowing God and making him known in whatever context we're in. And we have the opportunity to do that in such a way that it just isn't going to be the same when you're married. Now, that's not to say that, you know, obviously, right? Uh, the moment you get married, you're not going to grow in your relationship with God. You're not going to know him. You're not going to, uh, you know, make him known. You're not going to be able to do any kind of ministry or anything. No, obviously that's not, that's not true. Uh, but, you know, as Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians, when you're single, you're able to be singularly focused, right? You don't, you don't have, uh, you don't have the, uh, the responsibility to think of, you know, one specific person, you know, that your spouse uh, that you have to consider. Uh, in marriage, it's a, it is a good thing to pay attention to your spouse. Right? No one's going to, no one's going to argue that. It is a good thing to pay attention to your spouse. You need to pay attention to your spouse. You need to consider uh, how your actions uh, and your priorities affect your spouse. You have to. You absolutely have to. And again, and the, and the Bible calls for that. But as a single, you don't have to consider, right, you know, what, what your spouse is going to think, you know, in, in any given decision or, uh, you know, how your time spent with, uh, you know, serving others is going to affect your spouse, right, if that person isn't there, if, that, if you don't have one, right? So when you're single, you're able to be singularly focused on knowing God, making him known, and not having to worry about how much time, you know, is spent serving others and knowing knowing God and showing that love that God has in you and through you when you just don't have that other person around. I had the opportunity uh, not that long ago to spend a few months down down in Atlanta. Uh, shout out to my people in Atlanta. Got mad love for you. Sammy, how know what's up? Um, and when I felt like the Lord was telling me to go and that, you know, when the right time to go was uh, all I had to do, pack up the truck, right? Get my stuff together, pack up the truck, drive cross country, boom, I'm in Atlanta and I'm there for three months. Uh, I was, yeah, I got to spend, uh, you know, three months down there and I loved my time down there, uh, you know, where I just got to to help those who are there, uh, particularly, again, Sammy and Hannah, what's up? Uh, to help them and serve them in serving the ministries that they're responsible for. Uh, that they that they oversee. Now, would I have been able to do that if I were married? Just pick up one day, 
pack the truck, go and, and be gone for, for months at a time. Would I, have I, would have I been able to do that if I were married? Yeah, I still could have, uh, of course. Uh, if, if I were married and I did that, I wouldn't have been the first person in history to be married uh, and to leave their spouse for an expended, you know, extended amount of time uh, for ministry purposes. Wouldn't have been the first person. Obviously, there will be plenty more who come who do that. But is that difficult to do? You know, would it be difficult to just up and go, you know, if let's say your spouse is, you know, in one state and you're in another, um, you know, for, again, for an extended amount of time, in this particular case, I was gone for three months. That's, that's hard to do. Yeah, that's hard to be away from your spouse for, for that much time, not being able to see them, not being able to spend that quality time together, not being able, right? That's a hard thing to do. And if, and let's say if we were trying to make it work, you know, well, let's say my, uh, like I live in Colorado right now. Uh, if my spouse were here and I'm, and I'm down in Georgia, how often am I coming back to visit, right? How often am I leaving what I had come to do, leaving the work that I had come to do behind to go spend time, you know, with my spouse. Again, spending time with your spouse is a good thing and a necessary thing and a biblical thing. But that's what happens when we are married. My attention is divided, just as Paul said. Your attention is divided between serving the church, between you know doing the work that God may have for us outside of the home, and then the home itself, right? And, and then the and then uh, and the marriage itself. So it's obviously much easier if I feel like God says get up and go. It's done. I don't have to consider uh, somebody else's feelings. I don't have to consider uh, how this might affect the finances of somebody else. I don't have to consider uh, the emotions or, you know, the, I don't have to consider anybody else. All I have to consider, Lord, is this what you're telling me to do? Cool. When are you telling me to do it? Let's go. Done. And so when we, in this way, and right, and it doesn't always have to be like kind of in this, you know, quote unquote extreme way, like, um, but when we are single, we are really able to devote our time to knowing God, to knowing his voice, to knowing his word, to, you know, as I mentioned in the, in the last episode, uh, in, uh, in Ephesians 2.10, uh, it says that we are God's handiwork uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When I'm single, I'm, I'm able to more focus on God. What is the good work that you have created, you know, for me to do? How can I use this gift of singleness that you have blessed me with? Not this curse, but this gift of singleness that you have given me right now. This time, how can I use that to bless others for your glory and my good? That's how we should, we can kind of look at singleness. Lord, that you have blessed me with this. And the other thing, you know, one thing about this gift of singleness that we always hear, we think that the gift of singleness means, um, you have this anointing that Paul had that, you know, kind of removes from you the desire to be married. It removes from you the desire for sex. It removes from you uh, the desire for any kind of intimate relationship with someone else that, you know, that's the gift of singleness. I don't believe that that's it. God may call us to something. Like, let's set aside marriage for a second and, and replace it with something else. And it can be anything. Like if God calls you to something, let's say God calls you to go somewhere, God calls you to do something, 
God may call us to do something that we don't necessarily feel good about, but that doesn't necessarily change whether or not God called us to do it. God may call us to give up something and say, hey, you know, this is uh, maybe the job that you're at or this is the path that you're headed down and I want you to give this up and I want you to, to, to do this instead. I want you to, to take another route. We may not necessarily feel good about it. We may not necessarily think that that's best for us, but that doesn't, again, change what God is saying, right? And now if we take that same kind of thinking and apply it to singleness, I think we'll see this as well, that there are some people who will tell you they genuinely feel that God has called them to be single for their whole life. But they had to wrestle with that. They really had to wrestle with that because they, they had desires to be married. They have desires to have sex. They have these desires that, well, God, I thought this is a good thing. This is what I thought, you know, I, I want this, this kind of thing. But God may be saying, you know, and God has told, you know, there are some people that will tell you that, that no, God has called me to singleness. And so just because I feel, you know, um, just because I feel a certain way about this call that God has for me in that, you know, like, there's no way that I can do this and, and no, like, God, this is not good for me or anything like that. Again, it doesn't change the call. What God is calling us to do in those moments when God is asking something of us in a certain season, regardless of how long it may be, I think the biggest thing that he's asking of us is to trust him, to trust him that in my singleness, Lord, you are my ultimate provider. You are my ultimate sustainer, that you know the plans that you have for me, that you have truly what is best in store for me and what is, and that you always have uh, what's best in mind when you are making and when you have made your plans for me. Like God wants us, God wants us to be a good steward of any season, any gift that he has given us single, married, we're thinking of the other gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, we're thinking about, you know, in, in Romans or in First Peter, the gifts that talk about the gift of teaching, the gift of generosity, uh, these kinds of, whatever it is that God has blessed us with, uh, God is asking us to be a good steward of it. And so that includes relationships, that includes our time. So when we're in this season of singleness, I think one of the biggest things that God is asking of us in this singleness is to be a good steward of it and to really trust him. Lord, you know what's best for me. And even if you were calling me to be single for the rest of my life, as hard as it is, again, for some people that that is very difficult. And it's just one of those things that I think that God is really just going to ask of us to trust him. You know, if, if, if I ever do get married one day, I want to be able to look back on my time as a single and say, God, I was faithful with that time. As much as possible, I was faithful. I was a good steward of that time. As Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians, you know, my attention was undivided, that I, you know, I was, I was devoted to you, Lord, that um, I used the time that I would have used otherwise in my relationship and devoted it to you. Wherever that may be, in the church, in the community, you know, at my work, uh, you know, in school, whatever context you put me in, I was a, a good steward of that singleness that you have given me. And I think, again, when we begin to think of it that way, when we begin to think of singleness as, as a gift and not a curse, when we, when we begin to look at it as something that needs to be stewarded well, when we begin to think of it as, God, you are using this time to mold me and to shape me more and more into the image of your son, I think we begin to change, hopefully we be, our perspective begins to change a little bit about it, that, man, it, it isn't the worst thing in the world. And that for, for those of us who still feel, because I don't want to, and I know it kind of 
sounds this way, but uh, I don't want to minimize for, for those of you who who really are like, man, I really do want to get married though. <laughs> I really, really do desire this marriage and my time of singleness is really difficult. What I'm saying now isn't necessarily meant to just remove the emotion or remove the pain of being single, uh, but it hopefully again kind of shifts our perspective a little bit about it and reminds us that, you know, when I go back to God with my questions, with my struggles, with my desires, because that's exactly where we're supposed to go. I'm supposed to go to him with all of those things. I can also ask him to help me, I guess. Lord, help me though in this time, however long it may be. Help me to be a good steward of this time. Help me to be a good steward of this season. Help me to see as you see in this season uh, that, God, I'm not being cursed by you. I'm not being neglected by you. Right? Your, your spirit lives within me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. You are closer to me than anyone else ever could be. Help me to see this time as you do. And I think, yeah, hopefully, it gets us thinking a little bit. Not hating our singleness so much. Uh, and, and also not idolizing marriage so much. That singleness is a gift that comes with its own challenges. It comes with its own uh, challenges that, that require us to trust God, that require us to ask him for help, that require us to ask him for guidance and for wisdom and for fulfillment. And marriage is also a gift that is not the, the ultimate end goal of this life. It is not the ultimate promised land of this life, but it is a gift from God that also does come with its own challenges that requires God's wisdom and God's guiding, God's uh, strength, his help. And both of these gifts, both of these seasons require us also, again, to be a good steward of them. I want to steward my singleness well. Lord, uh, in, in my marriage, I want to steward that relationship well. Right? As always, for his glory, for our good. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Uh, obviously, there is so much more that can be said about this subject. Um, there is actually a book that I'll uh, recommend here real quick. Um, I haven't read it yet. It's on my reading list, but it's been recommended to me by a lot of people that I trust. Uh, and it's called Seven Myths of Singleness. And so uh, it kind of takes, it's by a Christian author, and he takes a biblical look at at singleness and why, you know, we shouldn't look at it as the worst thing ever in that, you know, there's a lot of myths uh, around singleness uh, that we've kind of grown to uh, to learn and to believe uh, within the faith. And so, uh, Seven, Myths of Sing Seven Myths of Singleness by Sam Alberry, one of the people who recommended that book to me. Uh, you guys might know him. Uh, his name is Ebenezer. Uh, he is the pastor of Parazine Church out in Minnesota and also the host of Shaping the Culture podcast. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and recommend uh, his podcast. There's you know, a couple of episodes that he's talked about uh, where he talks about singleness. Uh, highly recommend those. And um, also recommending uh, their YouTube channel right now, uh, the Parazine Church YouTube channel. They're actually going through a whole series in the month of February uh, about singleness, about relationships, uh, the whole nine. And so definitely some great resources uh, for you guys. Um, ultimately, just from today's episode, just to encourage you guys, you know, singleness really is a gift uh, and marriage is also a gift that God provides for those of you who are, who are, you know, really struggling and really do want to be married, uh, really looking for that relationship. I pray that 
uh, that you would see God more as your sustainer and as your provider in this season, and that you know as you're waiting upon Him for that blessing of marriage, you wouldn't see this season as the opposite of all God's blessings. That you know He's still for you, He's still blessing you, and um, He's still looking out uh, for you. And so, again, hope you've enjoyed, and uh, till next time.